Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Christy Nagins, and I'm delighted to be your host. I've spent my career helping people prepare for retirement. My colleagues joining me today are financial professionals who help people on their retirement journey, whether they're planning for retirement or are already there. I think that this is such an important episode because many of us remember a time when same-sex marriage or same-sex benefits didn't exist. A lot has changed over the past few years, and we don't want the lack of knowledge about the way types of accounts and benefits work to be a confidence killer when you're planning for retirement. I'm joined by Jean Dunn, a certified financial planner professional, and Tom Kazmierczak, a retirement expert and co-founder of Pride, Tibor Price's business resource group for LGBT plus associates and their allies. Welcome to the show, Jean and Tom. Happy to be here. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And thanks for having me. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Glad to have you here. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. You know, when it comes to planning for retirement, whether you're single or in a relationship, there are a lot of things to consider, like how much to save, health care costs, social security, and estate planning. What are some of the top concerns about retirement and key financial priorities that LGBT plus investors have? Jean would love to hear a little bit about the research that you've been doing. Thanks, Christine. At T. Rowe Price, we've actually conducted research on LGBT plus investors, and I'll share a couple findings. First of all, the community is growing. The collective buying power of the community in the United States is close to $1 trillion. Also important to acknowledge, 35% of Gen Z identify as members of the community, a much higher number than previous generations. And in terms of financial planning priorities, the LGBT plus community is really diverse and it has a wide variety of financial goals, could range from supporting other family members to estate planning. Our studies have shown that the LGBT plus community experiences difficulty prioritizing their varied financial objectives. The top three financial priorities for the community are saving enough to retire comfortably, not surprising, saving for education, and saving for an emergency fund. And just to share a couple highlights, I think it's important to acknowledge about the community. LGBT plus investors are really open to advice. According to our research, 38% of members of the community want a financial professional to partly manage their investments, but they also want to stay involved in their decision making. LGBT plus individuals are self-reliant and independent. They primarily want to save for retirement, but another top financial priority is self-reliance. 94% of LGBT plus investors want online tools for self-education. Almost 60% of LGBT plus investors are comfortable with the amount they're saving and investing, and that's pretty significant. There's a lot of individuals that aren't comfortable, so we see the community open to advice, confident about how much they're saving and investing, and focused on self-reliance and independence. That was really insightful. Thank you for sharing that, Gene. What would you add to that, Tom? I would add a couple of things. First, there are unique financial planning needs for LGBT plus individuals. First is around earnings. According to a study released by the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, adult LGBT plus workers in the United States earn about 90 cents for every dollar earned by a typical worker. That means that you have potentially less to save for retirement and other future expenses. Second, because marriage equality has only been in the United States 
since 2015, fewer people are married and you are more likely to be single, which has financial implications. I would also mention family dynamics. Fortunately, we see acceptance of LGBT plus individuals at an all-time high in the United States. However, there are still instances where people have been left out of transfers of wealth, like inheritances. And while I would suggest banking on an inheritance for retirement planning is probably not a good idea for most people, you can take control of your future by investing in yourself, saving as much as you can, as soon as you can, to be prepared for a comfortable retirement. And Tom, I just want to add in a little bit more on marriage rates. The LGBT plus community has a lower marriage rate than the greater population, understandably so. It's a little bit over 10%. There are many LGBT plus couples who are not married, and there are some specific financial planning considerations for those who may be in a long-term relationship and aren't legally married. Non-married partners can have complicated finances. And a review by a financial professional can help identify potential issues. could be from taxes to allocation inefficiencies. With separate accounts, oftentimes an overarching investment strategy is required. What are some of the benefits of being married as an LGBT plus couple? Tom, would love to hear from you. Sure. There are actually over 1,100 federal benefits that come with being married. And I would say there are quite a few more benefits than there are drawbacks. One of the most significant benefits is the ability to transfer unlimited assets between spouses, which is also known as the unlimited marital deduction. You can be eligible for Social Security based upon spousal benefits. So at full retirement age, spouses can receive the benefit to which they are entitled as a result of their work history or a benefit equal to 50% of their spouse's full retirement benefit, whichever is greater. Another benefit is that you can contribute to a spousal IRA. Generally, you can't contribute to an individual retirement account or an IRA unless you earn an income in a given year. The spouse or IRA, however, is an exception to this rule, allowing each spouse and a couple to contribute up to the maximum if one of them earns an income. The rule allows non-working spouses to contribute to a traditional or Roth IRA provided they file a joint tax return with their working spouse. The contribution limit for 2022 is $6,000 or $7,000 if you are 50 or older. If your spouse has a defined benefit plan, which is typically funded by employers, and the spouse dies prior to retirement, the spouse is likely to be entitled to something called a qualified pre-retirement survivor annuity. There may be other benefits as well from the employer, such as life insurance, health insurance, and other family benefits. The one drawback in terms of being married is that it is likely that you'll pay more in income taxes, which is known as the marriage penalty. And when I married my spouse several years ago, we learned the hard way that, in fact, you do end up paying more in taxes. But in the long run, we knew it was the right thing for us to do. And I would suggest people consider all of these factors when deciding whether or not they're going to go ahead and get married. Tom, those are some great points, and I think it's important to acknowledge that long-term couples who aren't married likely have legacy workarounds in place to financially protect their family, and unraveling those protections may not be a priority even after they marry and may have a surprise just like you did. So it's important to acknowledge that, and even when you're in a long-term relationship, whether you're legally married or not, many LGBT plus individuals remain financially independent. 
it's important to acknowledge the challenges associated with that. And marriage benefits, to me, depend on your unique financial situation, who's working, who's the dominant earner, and what your goals are. A financial professional can help you by providing insights that you may not have considered, like the fact of that marriage penalty that you talked about, because the details for each individual situation and each couple situation can be complex. Well, let's continue on that theme of relationships. How important are beneficiary designations or account titling if you're in a relationship but you're not married? Tom, can you help us to understand that more? Yes, it's extremely important. You know, when you're married, a surviving spouse will be the default appointment in critical and very personal situations. For example, the executor of a will, a guardian in the event of incapacity, a medical surrogate, or a primary beneficiary of a 401k. This is not the case for partnered couples. In those instances, it is important to ensure your wishes are documented either through listing of beneficiaries on your investment accounts, such as IRAs and 401k plans, or using the POD, Payable on Death designation. You should also consider working with an attorney to create a will and healthcare directives to document your wishes. One other thing I would note is be sure to consider state law as well. If you are partnered but not married, State laws may dictate that the next of kin, which could be adult children, parents, or other relatives, be the default for personal situations like an executor of a will, a guardian, or a medical surrogate. Tom, I can't agree with you more. I've heard so many horror stories of individuals not having their wishes be fulfilled because they didn't document them. Without the legal safeguards of marriage, it is so essential to make sure your wills are up to date, to make sure all separate non-joint accounts have clear beneficiaries. One more point. Regardless of marital status, designating a beneficiary on your retirement accounts can enable your heirs to avoid probate, which can be costly and time-consuming. Can same-sex couples collect Social Security benefits on their current or a former spouse? Yes, actually. When one spouse dies, the Social Security Administration will pay to the surviving spouse whichever benefit is higher. So it could be the one that has been paid to the decedent or the one that's been paid to the survivor. But you have to be married at least 10 years, and it also applies if you are divorced after being married for 10 years. Gene, what did our research show about how financial services firms are viewed by LGBT plus investors? Let's just acknowledge that many members of the community feel alienated and ignored by financial services firms. And our research, despite the fact that many members of the community are open to working with financial professionals, when we put up a list of large financial services firms, 90% of the time, members of the community weren't able to identify whether these financial firms were allies or LGBT plus friendly. How difficult is it for LGBT plus individuals to find someone to work with that they feel understands the nuances of their situation? In our research, we found that 80% of LGBT plus investors prefer to work with firms that support the community. But as I just shared, the vast majority can't identify any financial firms that are. There are a few best practices that I'd share. Number one is to interview multiple financial professionals to find the one that works for you. You can also look up their firm to see if they're on the HRC Corporate Equality Index. Another option is to talk to other members of the community. 
see if they're already working with a financial professional that they trust. Referrals oftentimes are ways that individuals find financial professionals. Do you need a financial professional to be from the LGBT plus community to best serve you? Tom, I'd love to hear from you first. Everyone's situation is unique, so be sure to ask open-ended questions, explain your needs, and then evaluate how they respond. While you don't have to work with someone who identifies as being part of the LGBT plus community, it is very important that they not only understand your own situation, but have deep experience working with individuals like you. You might want to ask questions like, have you worked with LGBT plus clients before? Can you explain some of the financial and planning challenges that LGBT plus individuals face? And ask questions around state laws that can impact planning for LGBT plus people. It's important that you are comfortable and that you do your own research and take control of your own retirement destiny. Tom, I think those are some great questions to ask when you're interviewing financial professionals. Obviously, in our research, as I shared before, 80% of members of the community at least want to work with an ally. But at the end of the day, you get to decide who you want to work with. Tom, what insurance needs, health care, long-term care, life insurance, are important for LGBT plus individuals? I think they're all really important components to a secure financial plan. A couple of things that I would suggest that you consider is, does your workplace offer health insurance? Many companies offered same-sex partner benefits prior to marriage equality. However, some now require that you are married. If you both work and have health insurance, this might not be an issue for you. And like straight couples, it is important to think about long-term care expenses as one ages. Are you prepared to pay for this? Are you the primary wage earner? If so, consider life insurance naming your spouse or partner as the beneficiary. And lastly, I would just remind you that Medicare is individual and not at the household level. So at age 65, you're responsible for your own health insurance. And so when you look at the statistics for LGBT plus individuals, they're two times more likely to be single and living alone and four times less likely to have children. There are several implications to this. First, if you live alone, you are more likely to have higher expenses versus sharing expenses with another individual. Second, as one ages, and if there are no children or family support, you may want to plan on long-term care insurance to cover unexpected living support expenses. And what considerations are important for state planning documents, like wills or health care directives? Tom, let's hear from you first. I think this is important for everyone, but there are some unique challenges if you're not married. It's important to have legally valid documents that clearly state your intentions, whether incapacitated or after your death. While it may seem straightforward, you may want to consider working with a qualified professional like an attorney. Jean, what would you add to that? When it comes to estate planning, elder care, health care needs, LGBT plus individuals should work on clear, documented plans. Now, for unmarried couples, thinking through survivor benefits is essential, making sure you have a will, making sure any accounts that you have have a designated beneficiary. Estate planning is essential to protect the rights of both partners in a couple. It's so important that your partner have access to or knows how to get access to all of your accounts, your assets, and that wills are written. We know that annual health care costs are continuing to grow, and LGBT plus individuals and couples should plan for them just like everyone else does. As part of the planning process, 
you want to look at other ways to secure income for a survivor who wouldn't necessarily have access to social security benefits for LGBT plus individuals who aren't married. And going back to beneficiaries, I know I sound like a broken record, but making sure your beneficiaries are updated frequently, that you have a list of all of your assets, accounts, and bills is essential. Your heirs don't necessarily need to know all this information, but they need to know where to find it. If this feels overwhelming to you, you know what the worst thing you can do is? Avoid it. These issues don't go away, right? Every single individual has to face them. So consider working with a financial professional to help with account titling and tracking of assets and accounts. Locate an estate attorney who is a specialist in the needs of LGBT plus individuals. And I go back to the questions that Tom recommended for any financial professional. Those are great questions to determine expertise with working with members of the community. One last consideration that is unique to members of the community is sometimes the traditional wording of wills, specifically with regards to pronouns. And that's why it's so important to work with an estate planning professional that has experience with working with other members of the community because they can proactively address these issues for you. I think the other thing I would bring up is for those in the transgender community who transition, if you have a will that has your old name or your dead name, that could cause some potential issues as well. So you're going to want to make sure that your will is up to date. A financial professional I know shared with me a specific situation. An individual had transitioned and their parents' will had son or daughter specifically named in that. And there were some huge financial implications. So another reason why having an estate planning attorney that has experience with members of the community is important. Many folks relocate in retirement Are there challenges finding housing or assisted living that are welcoming to the community? Tom, can you help us to understand this? Fortunately, we've seen progress in this area, but we as a country have a long way to go to increase acceptance and support. It's estimated that 5% of people living in long-term care communities identify as LGBT+. However, due to a lifetime of discrimination and continued fear, older adults may stay silent and actually go back into the closet upon moving into a long-term care facility. However, it's really exciting to see states like California and New Jersey who have progressed long-term care through legislation that addresses issues like prohibiting denial of admission, service, medical care, and reasonable accommodations. There is an excellent resource from the Human Rights Campaign Foundation called the Long-Term Care Equality Index, It rates long-term care facilities and asks organizations to sign the Commitment to Caring Pledge. This has been a great conversation. Let's summarize a few key takeaways for our listeners. Jean, what would you highlight? One of the positives I saw from our research is that many members of the community focus on self-reliance and independence. A big part of preparing for retirement is taking initiative. As you Near retirement, a financial plan can help you replace that paycheck and make you feel confident as you transition to retirement. And since 90% of the community is not legally married, a big part of planning for retirement includes making sure you have a plan for your heirs. Document that plan and make sure heirs know where to find that information. Tom, is there anything you'd like to add? For our listeners, 
hopefully you recognize that you can control your destiny. Now that we have marriage equality in the United States, that has provided, as I mentioned earlier, over 1,100 benefits. Take advantage of those benefits and understand your options. And the other thing I would say is, as it relates to saving for a comfortable retirement, you need to save early and you need to save as much as you can. And again, you are in control. So don't just let things take chance. You really need to be able to take control of your destiny and plan and have the confidence for retirement. Thank you both. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time for us to start wrapping up this discussion. We want to leave our listeners with a parting thought or two or a next step. Jean, let's start with you. So I just want to acknowledge, you know, many members of the community feel underserved and ignored by the financial services industry, but things are changing. Don't feel like you have to plan for your retirement by yourself. A financial professional can help. And over the past few years, I've met many financial professionals who focus on the unique needs of members of the community. Tom, what would you add? Take the time to review your beneficiaries. And I would suggest you consider looking at all of your accounts and ensure that upon your passing, that those who you would want to have inherit your assets are in fact listed as your beneficiary. That can be a very fast process. And you can add beneficiaries, typically online. And that's something that can be done today. Tom and Jean, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing such terrific insights. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thanks very much. Again, I'm Christine Akins, and thank you for listening. Please tune in for our next episode, which focuses on age-based retirement reminders. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I hope your next step towards retirement is a confident one. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Information and opinions presented have been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable and current. However, we cannot guarantee the source's accuracy or completeness. IRAs and retirement accounts should be considered long-term investments, Both IRAs and retirement accounts generally have expenses and account fees, which may impact the value of the account. Maximum IRA contributions are subject to eligibility requirements. Early withdrawals are subject to taxes and possible penalties. For more detailed information about taxes, consult a tax attorney or accountant for advice. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, all rights reserved. T. Rowe Price, invest with confidence, retire with confidence, the Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, Distributor. T. Rowe Price, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.